This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde esta el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention, I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash startalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash startalk today. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. Greetings, greetings, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, kids of all ages. Welcome to Star Talk Radio. I'm Bill Nye. Hosting this week for our beloved Neil deGrasse Tyson, and I am joined once again by the brilliant, the insightful, the nominally handsome Chuck Nice. <laughs> and this week on Cosmic <laughs> Queries, with the Halloween coming up, mm. the eve of All Saints Day, we're going to do monsters. Cosmic Queries, monsters. Monsters. And I, of course, am thoroughly charmed by the great many questions that have come in <clears throat> regarding monsters mm-hmm. uh, well monsters are such interesting people they are now we right there we'd put in a joke about politicians there you go we? yeah okay but uh <laughs> before we do that or as we do that uh this is really fun the halloween in my neighborhood has become such a celebration of something kids just love it people love to get dressed up mm-hmm. there's the candy thing that's been associated with it but Apparently, it goes way back to Celtic celebrations having to do with how they reckoned the calendar. Okay. So this would be the harvest is harvesting, being harvested. Right. Winter is upon us. Right. And so November 1st was the new year. Oh, really? Apparently. Then, as is so often the case, (laughs) uh, the churches of Europe— overran these guys, the Romans and then the Catholic Church, and absorbed the holiday and made it their All Martyrs Day, their All Saints Day became uh, the day after the Hallowed Eve. Well, Hallowed Eve, right. So it's uh, it's quite a thing. But I know the kids that I, uh, in my neighborhood, just go wild for it. I mean, I enjoy it, of course. But it is ultimately about monsters, about adrenaline and being scared. And don't forget, it's also about uh, taking any profession, no matter what it is, and turning it into a sexy outfit for someone to wear. I I, I don't know if I've ever noticed that. Yeah, just, I mean, think about it. Every single costume. Chuck, I think about it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take a cosmic query regarding monsters. Read on. All right. This is Mario Bevilacqua. Coming to us from Facebook. Do you believe physics could explain the existence of ghosts and spirits? It reminds me of Carl Sagan's illustration about the fourth dimension with the analogy of geometric forms living in a two-dimensional world 
and having contact with three-dimensional creatures, do you believe in another level or a dimension or another level of existence? No. <laughs> and so as far as physics goes, uh, we, have a, we love to say this. Uh, all science is either physics or stamp collecting. All science is either physics or just collecting facts. Right. And the other expression we love is uh, they say um, everything happens for a reason. And that reason really is usually physics. So (laughs) if you consider the human consciousness to be a chemical reactions, biochemical, the thing that humans struggle with, and I hang out with the occasional neuroscientist, and that is this nature of consciousness. You know, I've spoken uh, to dogs about this. Right. I've spoken to my pet uh, mice, occasional hamster about this. Mm -hmm. But they don't seem to be troubled by the finite nature of life the way you and I are. No, they're not. They don't seem to be. They don't get paralyzed by self-doubt. But humans do because we can see that we're not going to live forever. And so it's very easy to take, or it seems to be easy for us, to take an unexplained phenomenon and attribute it to something beyond ourselves because we we have trouble imagining it all coming to a close. Correct. And I think that's where ghosts come from. And it's so easy to scare people. And as I say, what do you want to be afraid of? Lions and tigers and bears? Oh, my. There are hardly any trouble at all. No, they're not. The thing to be afraid of. Especially here in Manhattan. That's right. Very few. The occasional superintendent of a building, perhaps. (laughs) But the thing to be afraid of is another human. Another human that you can't see. Another human that's able to make noises in an old house. Right. Another human that makes spooky sounds. And so humans create ghosts right. to explain the unexplained. But can so you do, say, can you do your ghost again? <laughs> All that said, I don't think that is a ghost I want to meet. By the way, <laughs> that's the ghost of the. I want to meet that ghost. Well, you want to meet her if she's hot. <laughs> but uh, uh, in general, uh, I don't think there's anything beyond. People have looked and looked, and Houdini gave his mom a secret word. Yeah. Said, if you go to a seance, mom, just listen for the secret word. And, and you'll, you, and you'll you know. hear it, you'll know that I'm back there. I'm, right. I'm out there. But There's a famous account work. that he was uh, at a seance, and I, I believe the medium called him a name that his mother never would never call him. She only called him by his true name, his his given birth name. And the medium called him whatever. Oh, in, in saying claiming it was his mom. Right. Claiming that it in. was his mother checking mm-hmm. in, but called him like Harry. Mm-hmm. And she would never do that no. because that wasn't his given no, birth name. She no. only called him one and he knew right then and there. That like, it was a fake. Yeah. So if you, everybody, next time you're in New York, New York, the town's so nice they named it twice, you can go to the Houdini Museum and see this extraordinary uh, setup or set of props that he had to simulate seances. Okay. So Houdini created seances and people believed it. They wanted to believe in ghosts so badly. They wanted to contact people who have come and gone mm-hmm. uh, so badly that they were uh, easily duped. Now, why don't we connect with people who aren't born yet? Why don't we connect with people way out there in the future who can right. give us some decent advice? Right. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It's it always somebody. We can't, right. ex- we can't imagine it, so it doesn't happen. It's always somebody with unresolved issues. Yes. And boy, the place, the world is lousy with right. them. Let me tell you. Lead on. Okay. So now, wait. Just a, just a quick follow-up to that. When you talk about different dimensions and you talk about a multiverse. so there When is you so- say you, this is a cosmic query person regarding the monster show. Yes. Yeah, okay. He or she he said. Or she. So is, is it possible on any level that one multiverse could bleed into another multiverse oh like multiverses are like bleeding in and out all the time totally and they're like merging yeah and that's why you know i i um didn't finish my homework (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, it could be, but it's so far out of everyday experience, there is so far no evidence. No evidence. Bring it on, though. Okay. If there are ghosts, bring it on. Come, get, let's take a meeting. All right, so there you ghost go. Ghost and me. Mario Bevilacqua, no ghosts. So, sorry, you and the so kids far. You and the kids in the mystery machine are just going to have to keep driving around eating those Scooby Snacks. Okay. Wow. Juan Diego. <laughs> <laughs> Juan Diego Lopez from Facebook wants to know this. He says, hi, it's Juan Diego Lopez from Colombia. What are the odds of a mind-controlling fungus uh, or zombie fungus uh, could evolve to use human beings as its host? I don't know, Chuck. <laughs> Your words are strange to me. Uh, so apparently the zombie thing comes from some – or. or one very reasonable rumor is that it comes from a drug that was created that made people spacey, right? Uh, thoughtless, uh, dumb, uh, weird. And so this led to the myth of zombies. And there are certain diseases that make people have trouble completing sentences, <laughs> completing sentences. And so this is where I think these myths got started. I don't think, uh, it's also very it's also very reasonable that a fungus can evolve to have hosts and there's all kinds of things living in us all sorts right. of microbes yeah we are already the host for a there heck of more, a lot more microbes in your tummy than there are people on earth oh wow it is a crazy thing but the thing that did it that lives is lives in us is not a fungus it's it, there there are uh, other systems biological or entities we call generally bacteria, mm -hmm. but there are successful funguses that use us to get around. I think of athlete's foot. Absolutely. Without uh, no, athlete's what, foot makes its living off human toes. Which is why I always wear shower shoes, even in my own shower. Uh, TMI, uh, too much information, <laughs> Chuck. I uh, just don't want to give uh, myself. I <laughs> uh, can't hear you. Okay. No, but I know what you're saying. So I got to say it's reasonable that funguses do it, but in general – the funguses that succeed with humans are live on the outside of our bodies. Okay. But bacteria, huh, we're lousy with them. Right, right. Okay, that's uh, pretty cool. I think Juan it has Diego to do with Lopez. hyphae. They're delicate hyphae. So, you know, the, the, so there is some basis to this zombie belief. Apparently, having uh, to do with a natural drug or drug that locals in the Caribbean were able to isolate right. and make you a little zombie-ish. Right. Oh, there you go. Carry on. Okay. Okay, this is Zach King from Facebook. Um, since we're talking about zombies, Zach has a great little question I'd like. What to is with the zombie thing anymore? But let's hey, Zach hit me with the question. Zach is a. This is a great question. I want to. I want to get your take on this, man. Zach wants to know, Bill, out of zombies, vampires, and ghosts, which do you believe is the most plausible? And why? See, I love this question because I know you don't believe in any of them. Well, but vampires. Okay. It's obviously vampires. Why? Because they're vampire bats and they're mosquitoes. They make their living sucking your blood. And now vampire bats to suck cow blood. They kept, yeah, they lap but, up cow blood. After yeah, yeah, yeah. Them. But right. they're good at it. And so that's so of those three, if I got to pick those three, it's definitely vampires. Well, but because they exist, vampiric animals exist obviously look you guys you can't see him it's radio but he is into it right now because bill 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 no because you're you're making it too scientific <laughs> of course they exist but we're talking about the plausibility of the undead versus the plausibility of um a being who is possessed by an eternal an eternal demon that gives it a bloodlust in order to sustain itself. <laughs> wow. And, and quite the authority. And the then, of course, uh, the plausibility of the imprint of a human being still resonating after that person ceases to exist in their earthly body. So of the three of those, which of those would make more sense? I, I'll say again. Sucking somebody else's blood for nutrition <laughs> is the most reasonable of those three. Because you watch people, it's, look, it's sad. Right. Go and ahead. I will be there myself. But as people get older and lose, many of us lose our faculties, it just doesn't seem like that young go get em spirit lives on in some ghostly entity. It just well, seems I like you wind down and you die, which sucks. I mean, first to admit, it sucks. Then that's the ghost thing. And then the zombie thing. Well, if you ever met my old boss, 
No, but people taking drugs to act stupid. There's a lot of that. Or to act unable to form sentences. There's a lot of that. I was about to say, now, when you look at drug use, there's some zombies out there. That's what I'm saying. There's some real zombies But there there. are animals that make a living sucking other animals as his blood. Right. Because it's full of all the nutrients you would ever need, animal-wise. Yes, and, you know, I got to say, I I once had an iron-poor diet, and I, you know. Oh, I can't hear you. <laughs> Lead on, Chuck. Next monster-based cosmic query. Oh, God. This is so much fun. I love it. <laughs> All right. Here we go. This is Rob Akins coming to us from Facebook. All right. This is another zombie question. Okay. But once again. No, but this is a good one. Yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> but once again, this is a different take on this. And zombie. I'm sorry. Not too sorry. I'm delighted that I'm here. But Neil and his daughter are just really into zombies. Oh, really? I didn't. Oh, God. Yeah. I, I mean, I've heard Neil talk about the zombie yeah, thing, but I didn't know it. that he was that into well, it. Well, I mean, I think by fam- familial leadership. Right. Yeah. Lead on there. Okay, cool. Have you ever watched any of these zombie well, crazy yeah, sure. like, But the zombies, they, had, they were a big hit when I was a kid. Yeah, and now yeah. they've made a comeback. That's true. I mean, when I was a kid, Night of the Living Dead was the big That's rage. It. That's all it is. It was the big rage. And the big thing is, you know, could you be undead? And there right. used to be a series, Dark Shadows, which people watched every day to yeah. find out what these vampire guys and yes. gals were doing. That's right, people. Long before there was Twilight. There were yeah, yeah. middle-aged, unattractive vampires. Right. <laughs> no, but the vampires Long were generally they, young and hot. Yeah, yeah that's true. General, Long general, before there was uh, Robert Pattinson. Yeah, yeah. All right, so here's what Rob wants and, to you know. know. And Bill Nye. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Here's what Rob Atkins Akins wants to know. Uh, and zombie again. Have you ever considered that zombie-type virus, so he's talking from a, a virulent mm-hmm. standpoint, might actually be beneficial to long space flights? Here's a, let me tell you something. This is a pretty cool okay, question. Okay, yeah, well, you'd get suspended animation yeah, from a zombie exactly. virus or zombie drug. So, so, so with See? that, yeah, there's, there's something to be learned, perhaps, yeah. from the zombies. Yeah, well, I mean, what do you think about that? In terms- well, it's very reasonable that you could have an infection, mm-hmm. something that would affect your genes, that would allow you to live a long time uh, or allow you to doze off, but mm-hmm. you'd want to undo it. You'd want an antidote. Okay, and when and just he specifically used the word virus. Yes, he did. He and, said a uh, zombie virus. Antiviral drugs uh, are trouble. They don't work all as effectively in the same way that antibiotic drugs work. Mm-hmm. But I follow you. But you'd want to be able to undo it, and you'd want to count on your crewmates to undo it for you. Or maybe you understand it so well that this virus infects you, and you go to sleep at launch. Right, and then your body takes years to overcome the virus, and then you wake up ready to play. So it's kind of like a... Uh, Could be. Uh, what do they call that? A, an induced coma. Yes. The vi- a yes. Vir- a viral... A viral space co- travel virus coma thing. <laughs> and then everybody's got to... The people who get the gig as astronauts have to respond to it in the proper way. It's, right. I'm not saying it's very reasonable, but it's a cool premise for it's science a, fiction. It is a cool premise for yeah. science. Hey, Rob, man, write your book, buddy. Write, write your book. Don't forget, act two is the hard part. <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay, I don't want another zombie question. Here. No, uh, Chuck's, okay. Chuck's hey. zombied out. Okay. Yeah. See, you'll notice there are no mirrors in the studio. Oh, yeah. Right? Hey, yes, that's right. Because then I could see that Chuck's not really here. That's right. Take it. I don't know if you people are familiar with Blackula, but <laughs> he's here, baby. <laughs> okay, here we go. This is Steve Fleming. Steve Fleming wants to know this. Hey, Bill, I want to know if you know anything about sleep paralysis. Now, uh, that's all he asks. Well, I've definitely, routinely woken up and I can't move for a moment. Oh, my God, that's happened to you too. Yeah. Okay. And it's, so- for me, it's been longer than a moment, though. I mean, I've been full. Are you awake now? <laughs> no, so th- this Many is, question that. There's a lot to looked into this. A lot of people look into this. And okay. My speculation, it has to do with your cerebellum. All right. The part of your brain that helps you walk. The part of your brain at the, at the base between your spinal cord and your uh, cerebrum okay. where you do your thinking. And so it's very reasonable the sleep, sleep paralysis is more pronounced in some people than others. Okay. But so far- it is not genetically lethal. Like people have this sleep paralysis. They're, they're par- paralyzed for a few moments when they awaken. But look, Chuck, you got three kids, right? Yes. And some of them are probably going to show up with the same nice syndrome. 
This is true. Where they're yeah. Just I hope they don't get the mean spirited syndrome. <laughs> but this is very reasonable. And this, if you have an interest, uh, queryist, query Steve, person, Steve, Fleming. Steve, look into it. Become a medical doctor and uh, understand the cerebellum and dare I say it, change the world. This is Cosmic Queries. This week it's monsters with Chuck Nice, and I'm your host Bill Nye, and we'll be back on Star Talk right after this. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the US on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx ground is faster to more locations than UPS ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any of you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Welcome back to Star Talk Radio. I'm your host, Bill Nye, sitting here with Chuck Nice. That's right. It's the Cosmic Queries. And this week, what with the Halloween, the eve of All Saints Day coming up, we are doing monsters. Monsters. Because it's such a popular costume theme. And uh, speaking of costume themes, my goodness, we went to Comic-Con. Wow. That's right. It's a lot of... A lot of costumes. Uh, you know, that's all there is. Is uh, but some of them are very, very good. And uh, you know, the the ones that are people purchase, I'm like, okay, fine. But Chuck the, is like, okay, fine. That's what he's like. Yeah. But the homemade, the homemade costumes, you see the the diligence. The, yes, the time and the effort, detail, and the passion the that theme, the people put into the thought. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, everything from uh, the collector to Mordecai and JC, from you know, Cartoon Network to comic books. You know, the people with these homemade costumes—they really, really pour themselves into it, and they have fun. It's awesome. I got to give it to them. I mean, I would never, you know, not on spend time What's doing this that. thing you're wearing now, though. Oh, well, I'm wearing my. Uh, I know, kid because I love. Uh, this is true. I'm wearing kind of a costume. I'm wearing a uh, uh, Albert Einstein T-shirt that I picked he up. He has a pipe, but it has an enormous flame coming out of it. Well, yeah, the flame is like, I don't know, it looks like a nebula or something coming it's out like of It's like a nebula coming out of something. his butt. So with that said, yes. we went to Comic-Con and we got some cosmic queries with the monster theme. Take it, Chuck. All right. Well, let's hear from our uh, Comic-Con. Oh, it's a recording. It's a recording. Oh, yes. Play it. Hey, Bill. Alex from Brooklyn here in New York City Comic Con. Why is it that the dragon and the sea monster are so pervasive in so many cultures' mythos? Wow, that's a good question. Well, I think the sea monster thing is easily explained. If you've ever been on the ocean Mm -hmm. and a big fish shows up, which they do, Right. It is amazing and often frightening. And uh, I say big fish, a big whale would be uh, among those that would take you off guard. Man. They're huge, and they're yeah. moving around in the water. You can't see them, and they're, they're, they can be scary. And I, this, I cannot help but reflect on a classic Twilight Zone 
with the sand monster. Do you remember the sand monster? No, I don't. He moved under, or she moved under the sand eating astronauts. Very troublesome. Oh my God, that sounds like the premise for the movie Tremors. Yes, but you can't, exactly, you can't see them. So right. I think that sea monsters are very easy to create in any culture because so much goes on below the surface that you can't see and there must be extraordinary forces at work to produce these extraordinary large animals. As far as dragons go... I think, just think, I mean, how bad would it be if alligators could fly? I mm. mean, they got big jaws, they yeah. bite you in half. And by the way, alligators are super trouble if you're in an African river right. and you're, or in Florida. Yeah. And you're just trying to walk through the marsh or the swamp or the wetland. Or a golf course. Yes. Yeah. Or a golf course. <laughs> very <laughs> troublesome. Very troublesome. Take it up another notch where they're flying. No, wait, there's more. They can breathe fire. It just gets worse and worse. Uh, but, but I think it starts in the sea and the mystery below the surface. Gotcha. Got, well, that makes perfect sense because the sea is mysterious. Mis, mis, it's easier to explore the surface of the moon. And it's easier than for the me. the bottom of the ocean. It's probably easier than for me to say the word mysterious, apparently. So fantastic. Well, try it again. <laughs> wish to share. Wait. <laughs> mysterious. I can never say wish to share. Okay, let's move on to uh, Andy Bracken. Bill wants to know this. I like this question, man. Is the Frankenstein monster even remotely possible and how? Did you ever meet my old boss? Okay, so this is the premise is you take a brain out of one person and put it in another. Exactly. I, I, don't, I would ask medical science, but it's a, and there's a lot of nerves to connect. That Plenty could go wrong. Plenty could go wrong. And uh, 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 while it seems reasonable, I think uh, it's not going to happen. I know people that wear the bracelet to get their heads frozen. Yeah? So this would not be putting a brain in a guy. This would be putting a head, uh, head on somebody. A, head in a jar. Yeah. Uh, I just cry. don't think – I think there's a lot more to it. That's it. People talk about in medical science, they talk about your – central nervous system, your CNS. And I think the connection between your central nervous system and your brain is very complicated. And if nothing else, you've probably had a cut and your finger or that part of your arm went numb. Yes. But then as years went by, it got unnumb. Have you ever had that feeling, that experience? Well, it hasn't gone unnumb yet. But yeah, I, I chopped off a piece of my finger and it's still numb there. Yeah, so... so. But, but has I, it gotten more sensitive? Yes, than I, have, yeah. I have sensitivity. So there's something going on. There's stuff that grows, stuff that doesn't grow or doesn't multiply, and stuff that does. And I think the connection between those is very hard to establish. If I were you, I would live for now and not freeze your brain. <laughs> Although there's a few people I wouldn't mind to put in a jar. <laughs> Next question. All right, Cosmic the, queries of monsters. Monsters. All right, here we go. Amy uh, Kolev. Uh, Amy, the, take Amy, it. Amy says this. We often talk about life as we know it and as it exists in our universe outside of Earth. Less often, we talk about life as we don't know it and what other kind of life there could be, how to define it, define it and further detect it. What are some possibilities of other life that we don't know? Now, it's very difficult for you to tell us the life that we don't know because we don't know it. Well, this is what you should do, Amy. You should go to school <laughs> and study astrobiology. No, seriously, this is where people sit and think deeply, some of them stand, I'm sure, and think deeply about what it would take to be a living thing with a different chemical system than we know. Okay. So everybody shooting from the hip, if you're not an electrovore, as Carl Sagan specular, you, there's some mm, pure energy field and you just absorb electricity. If you're not that, right. you're going to have to have a solid form and you're going to have to have a solvent, a liquid, a liquid. that can move chemicals around. Okay. This is what people speculate. So if you have <clears throat> liquid that moves chemicals around, what liquid that, would that be? Uh, ammonia. Okay. Uh, That's a stinky race of people. Maybe a gaseous thing, chlorine. Chlorine. Something that reacts strongly, maybe. Mm -hmm. So probably would not be a noble gas. There's probably nobody in, made of helium right. running around or okay. xenon. Even though the people who are made of helium would sound awesome. <laughs> it would be unusual. <laughs> With that said, 
everybody loves water because we've studied all these things. So if you look at Imagine a, a pair of Mickey Mouse ears okay. fastened to the skull cap, that is there, as they so often are. Right. If you look at it right side up, it looks one way. If you let it flop down upside down, it looks another way. But if you look at it edge on, like across the person's shoulders, right. it's you can't – they're yeah. symmetrical. It looks like a fin. So these wonderful properties where it's polar, as it's called, has polarity, has a north and south pole one way – and not the other way, give water these wonderful chemical properties that we all embrace. So this is why astrobiologists currently are so kooky for water and why it was such a big deal, such a big story a couple weeks ago when scientists showed that there are seasonal flows of water on Mars. That is to say, every Martian year, super salty water seems to flow on the surface. If we found super salty water... Very reasonable that we will find some super salty, water-loving Mars crobe. Mars crobe. This could change the course of human history, as I so often say. They wouldn't be monsters. They'd be Mars crobes. There you (laughs) (laughs) go. All right, Amy, there's your answer. Everybody loves water. Uh, The universe's most popular sitcom. Okay, uh, let's go to... (laughs) Let's go to Amanda Wiseman. and his wife, Aqua. Yes. (laughs) This is Amanda Wiseman. Uh, Amanda would like to know this. What do you think is the origin of... It's very easy for you to say, It is. Of the lycanthropy myth or werewolves. The lycanthropy myth. Well, I have known some guys that are hair suit. Oh, Hair suit? You mean they look like they're wearing a hair suit? Well, they're, they're hairy. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, Wolf is hairy. Wolf has, uh, like some dogs, have you know clean jowls, unshaven jowls. They don't need to shave their jowls. Right. So uh, wolves are scary. Yes, they are. You're alone in the woods. That's what you're afraid of is a pack of wolves. They're packs of wolves. They're scary. So, um, And there's also these extraordinary claims that people do act weird during full moons. And I think that... That's there's no statistical evidence of it in the modern world. Okay, moon, full moon, not full moon. People act the same number of trips to the emergency room. Hospitals have the same business. But back in the day, by the way, Chuck, where's the phase of the moon right now? Do you know? I do not. You don't need to, because we've got electric lights everywhere. So true. So we no longer need to know the phase of the moon. But if you were a bad guy, and you're going to work a problem getting through the woods at night to do nefarious things, mm-hmm. you do it during a full moon. Yeah, of course, because you, you, you want the illumination of the- That's when people were out. That's when people did their full moonical business. And that myth is still with us. As to where it exactly came from, I'm not an authority. But I think wolves are scary. People at night during full moons are scary. And they converged. There you go. You know, that makes perfect sense. I love it. There you go, Amanda. Uh, an extremely salient answer offered by none other than Bill Nye. Okay. Uh, let's go to Susan Minobe, uh or Minobi. I'm not sure. Uh, Susan wants to know this. Have you encountered a monster or something that was downright weird or inexplicable in your science life? Not so far. Oh, really? No. I've been scared out of my mind by flashlights. I've been scared. Wait a minute. By, yeah, yeah. Whoa, right. whoa, whoa, Bill. You, you just can't gloss over. <laughs> I've been scared out of my mind by flashlights. Well, this you- guy in the Boy Scouts was really good with this. He could move his flashlight so that a shadow would come towards you really fast. A shadow would be out there, and then it would come at you really fast. And he was just good with manipulating his flashlight. I was scared. Cool. But I'm satisfied that, B, he did not have superpowers. Right. And, A, it was anything but a flashlight. Okay. So I've been scared, but I've never really been scared. And I've been scared by other people. Okay. A guy tried to rob me. I've had a guy pull a gun on me. That's being scary, but it's not the same as a supernatural ghost, zombie, monster guy. Okay. Person, thing, entity. So let me follow up to uh, Susan's question here. With uh, just uh, along that vein, have you encountered anything scientifically that makes you want to poop your pants on any level? Something that just goes, holy crap, there's no way we should be 
we're not ready for this. Or, or as as humankind, we're too irresponsible. We're too irresponsible for this. Or, or or infantile or anything along those lines. Is there is there a power or something out there scientifically that you look at and go, "Ooh, that is seriously scary." No. 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 Really? I'm scared of people. <laughs> That's what I'm scared of. So the science is fine. It's it's the yeah. hands. It's whose hands the science is <laughs> no, in. No, so really, uh, I am I am not afraid of any power of the universe. Okay. The, akin to, let's say, the first nuclear weapons that were set up, people were terrified of them. Yeah, I'm still I'm, terrified. I have respect if, for nuclear weapons, but I'm not scared of them on their own. I'm scared of the people that might... Uh, wield them, and uh, uh, I'm also scared uh, once in a while of politicians who, for example, there was okay. this kid um, uh, Adolf Hitler, <laughs> that kid who was big that... trouble for humankind. Oh, Adolf, you again? <laughs> no, but he was huge trouble for humankind. Yes, he was. And it was people who did not recognize how scary he was, or they went along with him for whatever reason. And you worry about that on that not at that same scale. In the right. Middle East uh, or in other parts of the world where people wield enormous amounts of power True. and do great harm to others. It's not because of science that I'm afraid. It's because of the people and the people who support them. Oh. So uh, I, <clears throat> I get it that there's science fiction things which I think are largely based uh, or largely – science fiction largely came into existence – because of the Cold War and nuclear weapons, where this enormous powers could be held, could be wielded by one guy with the red button, let's say. But <clears throat> uh, that is uh, the people that you're afraid of, not the instrument. Okay, there you go. Science, not scary. People, yes. Oh, very cool. Very cool. All right, here we go. Uh, we don't have a lot of time here, so let's But go. let's just make a good answer for a change, uh, <laughs> Bill. Take it, Chuck. That is not what I was saying. <laughs> That's what I heard. No, come on now. James Clayton from Facebook. James wants to know like this. Um, uh, is there any way a person could live on blood like a vampire? So biologically, is... Could you sustain yourself on blood? Is I don't think so because it's too salty. Really? Yeah, you think you have to have water too. And then the nutrients that are in blood, uh -huh. there's a lot you'll miss, I think, uh, just from the blood. Gotcha. I'm shooting from the hip here, but everything, every cell is nourished by blood. Right. So all the nutrients are in there, but I think there's all sorts of mechanisms that control how much of each one is in your blood at any one time. Gotcha. And so you'd have a temporal problem, like you'd have to be sucking the blood full time or having it circulating through you full time. Wait, we do have blood circulating through us full time. <laughs> we're, we are all monsters. <laughs> we're all vampiricor. This is, this is the most frightening show ever. <laughs> on the eve of All Saints Day, on the Halloween. Ah, Chuck, you've led me down this road. You... You, you've created a monster. And we'll be back on Star Talk Radio with Chuck Nice and Bill Nye right after this. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Welcome back to Star Talk Radio. It's Cosmic Queries this week because of Halloween. It's <laughs> monsters. Yes. Which is including some other stuff, some zombies and vampires and ghosts and uh other living things on other worlds in the cosmos yeah anyway i'm here it's bill nye your guest host this week sitting in for our beloved neil degrasse tyson with the brains of the outfit chuck nice chuck you've got a whole stack of cosmic queries there yes i do which I... one appeals to you on this uh this scary week of autumn yes i think we're gonna go with a question from one of our patreon patrons and this is sergio the uh, patreon is where someone's a patron and a support a patron and, and a, a supporter of start talk Radio. and you're saying they get precedence yes they do we They're take buying their way onto the air absolutely just like an election <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> That's a cosmic perspective yes they are but uh, sergio rizzuto from colt's neck new jersey 
uh, wants to know this, and uh, specifically for you, Bill. What is the worst outcome we can expect from a GMO-resistant monster bug? I like uh, that. I don't know. When you say monster bug, you may be conflating a couple things. Right. Uh, conflating is a modern word. Mixing together a couple ideas. Genetically modified organisms are almost entirely plants. Okay. And they are modified in order to be resistant to viruses or bacteria and other parasites. <laughs> and so uh, what has does happen, though, in the example for of pigweed. 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 There's an aranthus. It's a very large genus of plant. Okay. The aranthus weed family. They, uh, they have some... Uh, Amplified genes, they have many, many repeats of the same gene, and they are resistant to, for example, glyphosate, with the brand, the popular brand name being Roundup. Which is so, a weed killer. Weed killer. It inhibits the shikimic acid pathway, shikimate acid <laughs> pathway. And so uh, the worst that's happening is you get weeds that the herbicides don't work on. That's the worst so far. But I could easily imagine, back in the day, you genetically modify a plant – and then it would mess up an ecosystem. Right. But that now what's now we can assay genes at such extraordinary speed and with such accuracy that doesn't look like that's really going to be the problem. The problem is still any problem we have is still the um, these very successful herbicides and crop plants that have stacked genes that were they're resistant to a variety of uh, pathogens or parasites or trouble. Uh, anyway, they're planted in huge cultures, so-called monoculture. Okay. And that is the problem. The biggest problem seems to be the knock-on effect of just planting too many of the same plant in too big an area. And then the ecosystem of the farm doesn't work as well as it could. And the classic example being bees have apparently lost their genetic diversity. And this has led to the getting any kind of parasite has wiped out entire hives or caused huge trouble for entire hives. Because there's a lack of genetic diversity within the bee colony? Yeah. Okay. Result of the lack of genetic diversity of the plants, the oh, farm right, field. Right, right. And so this is a solvable problem, everybody, but it's it's tricky. It's complicated. Cool. But in science, we love complicated. Yes. Yeah, man, I was so hoping that that answer would end up being uh, the worst monster bug you could get from a GMO-resistant plant would would be, uh, you know, like a plant with a black accent and teeth, you know, that lives, Maybe in, it's coming. lives in a little shop in the village, just like, Seymour! <laughs> uh, let the record show that <laughs> Chuck Nice created that little bit of comedy, yeah, yeah. not... Not yeah, me. that's true. You never liked that play, man. Come on. I liked it, but uh, I couldn't pull it off. I mean, I can't pull it off. Yeah, okay. I would be. I would be. It would end my career yeah. even faster. Where are you going, Seymour? Yeah, yes. Okay. All right. It's a All good right. question. Yeah. Okay. Let's move. Kind on. of unresolved. Really. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> let's move on. Let's go to Juan Herrera uh, from Rhode Island, uh, coming to us through Facebook. Ron wants to know this. Hey, I wanted to know if gene splicing is real, and if so. Would it ever be possible to use it to create a real-life wolf man? Well, we'll see. Uh, yeah, gene splicing seems to be real. This is where you put a virus in somebody, mm -hmm. and it carries a gene that it gets inserted in that person's or that entity's or that organism's DNA. Mm -hmm. And so then to make a wolf person, uh, what, what makes a wolf person? He has ex exacerbated incisors. Right, so fangs. His canine teeth are fangy. Right. And then he's got a big beard, and when there's and nails, long nails, and when there's a full moon, he, he goes a little wild. Right. Okay. Well, that's sort of a uh, guy I used to work with. He's sort of that guy. <laughs> so uh, I guess it's possible. <laughs> guy at Boeing, he was uh, real good at removing paint. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, anyway, yeah, it's possible. Uh, and uh, the discoveries that are being made recently is genes go across species in nature. This is quite a discovery. This is quite a discovery. It's been shown several times where especially viruses carry genes from one plant to another. Okay. So you're saying that we could use a virus as a delivery system to embed genes from another species into a human being that may end up carrying the traits of that species yeah. and attributing those traits to that human being? 
Yeah. Wow. That's- and apparently this has happened in ancient times. All these bacteria, all these bacteria have this issue and uh, it happens enough in nature. Wow. But we are all here and shape this. We have the size and shape that we have because it has generally settled down. When this guy wants to make a wolf person. Right. Wolf man. Yeah. That's going to take a few minutes. Uh, and I can make a wolf man right now. Yeah, exactly. Right now. And so, all right. Here we go. That's right. It's me. Wolf man. Yeah. We're going to let the left. Okay. Enough, enough, enough of that. Monsters all over the studio. <laughs> Green onions. And so. Let the midnight special shine its ever loving light on you. Okay. And now uh, another cut from the Beach Boys. But with that said. <laughs> The thing about Halloween costumes is you can take them off. Wow. When you get the jeans in there, it's a little trickier. And by the way, if you put the jeans in the wolf guy, if you wolf guyify his jeans or her jeans, and that prohibits or disables his or her ability to have offspring, right? that modification will disappear. Wow. Right? That is correct. And you know what? That Where did I read that that's, there's an ancestor that we have that is no longer here because of that reason. That, oh, forget it. I'm, well, we used to, apparently humans, what we think of as humans, used to have sex with Neanderthals. Neanderthal, right. But we outcompeted them. They and, got diluted, and, and here we are. And right. There you and go. then, of course, another, insert your, another old boss joke right here. I think he was a bit of a caveman. <laughs> Cosmic queries, lead on. There we go. Fantastic. I love it. All right, let's go to Alex Die. Alex is coming to us from Facebook, and Alex wants to know this, or he says this first. I'm very skeptical skeptical about ghosts, but given the complex way in which light energy behaves. Now, listen, man, he's, he's on a whole other way. Light wavelength. energy is behaving. Light energy behaves. Could ghosts merely be some form of leftover residual energy? Or could the brain, in fact, generate the image itself of a person? Well, cha. You have dreams where people show up you don't expect or don't look like anybody you know or are amalgams of people you met. So human brains generate all kinds of human-like images for sure. So true. But is it a a space-light continuum situation? Um, uh, Maybe, but then why why are the ghosts always people we know? Ah. Why do they always look like actors that we're familiar with? <laughs> I want, if it's going to be a ghost, I want this person to show up really taking me. And why isn't somebody from the future? <laughs> why do we have all these past ghosts who uh, only show up with special effects? I right. mean, really, everybody, I appreciate that we all, nobody wants to die. I mean, there's a few people you'd just as soon hurry up and do so, but that's different. It's, it's, we seem to fade out, not turn into ghosts. And where do they get the clothes, those ghosts? It's just a lot <laughs> and, of, and why do they need clothes? That's right. But if they, are, if they are pure energy manifestation in our brains, you'd think they'd be a little more easily documented. Right. Okay. 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 Well, there you go. Well, Chuck, we're, we're, we're getting toward the end of this segment. Yes, we are, my which friend. Which is, I won't say the most exciting part of any radio show on earth ever in history, but it is pretty exciting. I refer, of course, to the Star Talk Cosmic Queries lightning round. Yes. Hit me. All right. This is where we'll just try to get through as many questions as possible, and you'll answer as quickly as you feel need be. All right. Yes. No. (laughs) Go. Sorry. Jody A. Wolf from Facebook wants to know this. If zombies are the living dead, could they survive the cold, harsh realm of outer space? Whoa. Uh, I don't know. Zombies seem to breathe air. Can you suffocate a zombie? I don't think so. No, that's a good question. I, I, th- I, th- I, th- they, I guess seems- they'd be fine in outer space. Yeah. Let's send zombies. <laughs> zombies to Mars. Mars trip solved. Zombies. Okay. <laughs> here's, here's Mark J.P. Gonzalez wants to know this. Uh, why do you think the stories about monsters reverberate around the world? And what could be the explanation for the variation? So, for instance, it seems as though the same monsters' stories come up around the world, but just in slightly different variations. Well, let us keep in mind that all humans have a common ancestor, oh. right? We are all from East Africa. Okay. We are all humans. We pass on the same stories. We're all afraid of the same stuff. We're all more alike than we are different. So we have the same or similar myths. 
Bang. And uh, by the way, uh, let me just say this. Mark uh, ended saying, thank you and have a nigh, nice day. Okay. I get it. There you it's go. Chuck Nice, yeah, right. Bill Nye. There you go. I get it. There you go. All right. So Guy Degata wants to know this. And Guy is coming to us from uh, Nagoya, Japan. Oh. Uh, he says, Godzilla. Huh, oh, that's so out of the ordinary for a guy from Japan. Uh, Godzilla was conceived as a metaphor for nuclear weapons, thought to be the greatest threat to humankind at the time. What what kind of monster would you create to represent today's greatest threat, Bill Nye? What a br- first of all, let me just say, guy, that was a brilliant, brilliant question. I'm not sure Godzilla is just from nuclear weapons. I think the Japanese culture has had a lot of sea monsters. For it. he comes out of the ocean, he does come out of the things. ocean. It's a lot of trouble. Right. So the scariest thing right now is all these people. We have the most serious problem facing humankind is climate change. Okay. And that is a result in the biggest of pictures that our atmosphere is barely 100 kilometers thick, 60 miles thick, and there are 7.3 billion of us breathing and burning it. Holy crap. And so the scariest thing is all these people having uh, relentless people-making without dying. So is that a single monster? No. The monster is us. Oh, my God. The we're monster. all monsters. So what we want to do is raise the standard of living of women and girls so that they have fewer wanted children for a better tomorrow for all humankind, clean water for everyone, electricity, electrical storage, transmission, and a top-down successful regulatory scheme that puts a fee on carbon dioxide and methane production. Boom. There you go, guy. The calls are coming from inside the house. Ah. Okay. Let's go to... Pavel Karpisky, who wants to know greetings from Ireland. Dear Mr. Nye, what do you think about an idea of reviving dead people? Okay, like dead. It's happened though, right? People have been clinically dead and come back to life. Yeah, but if you're doing it within 30 seconds, it's one thing than if you're doing it, you know, for like <laughs> Abe Lincoln or somebody. So, you know, <clears throat> for example... Uh, George Washington drank water from the Virgin from the Commonwealth of Virginia, okay. and look, he's dead. <laughs> so no, I think it's really hard to bring people back f- to life. It's hard to keep people from losing their faculties as they're aged, let right. alone bringing them back when everything shuts down. I think there's a lot of post mortem chemical reactions that are very very difficult to reverse because of that traumatic reality of nature. Okay. The second law of thermodynamics. This has been Star Talk Radio. The exciting lightning round. Cosmic queries having to do with monsters, Halloween, and stuff we're afraid of. And the thing to be afraid of, my friends, is fellow people. So let's all get along. It's been Chuck Nice. Hey. Co-hosting with me, Bill Nye. And I encourage us all to keep looking up.